time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, thank you so much for stopping by and spending a little bit of your time. I know how big a deal time is these days, right? We only have so much and we have to figure out how we're going to spend it. So I'm so honored that you spend your time that you decide that it's worthwhile to spend your time on listening to this podcast, but more than that, of taking the podcast and activating it into your life so that your life grows in that thriving direction where no matter what's happening in your life, you're tuned in, you're ready, you're pushing, you're growing, you're changing, you're building your thriving life. This is week two or episode two of a series on the engaged life, how to engage, have more engagement in your life. And today I want to talk about how you amp up your engagement. In the last episode, I talked about the three P's of that engaged life, passion, purpose, and presence. And if you remember, passion, purpose, and presence are the places where you can build into your life more and more of that engagement. We find ourselves disengaged from life when we don't have places that, that put that fire in our belly, that have that passion for life, when we don't have a purpose. And remember, passion and purpose can have uh, separate places. You can be passionate about something, but it ne- doesn't necessarily fit into the purpose of your life. But the purpose is where you take your activities that move you towards meaning. Your actions moving towards meaning is your purpose. Why are you here? What is it that you bring to the world? What is it that is uniquely your gift to the world? That's your purpose. For a lot of people, that is the task of life of figuring out, A, how to find that purpose, and B, how to continue living it out over the course of your life, however long that is. Then the last P is presence. Presence is when you show up, when you bring your full self to life, whether It's to work or to your spouse or significant other or to your kids or to your friends or to your activities that you are fully engaged and fully present. Those pieces, passion, purpose, presence, they are the the steps that bring us to engagement. And so today what we want to do is talk about some methods of amplifying that engagement in life. Tony Robbins talks about the fact that we have these six core uh, needs in our lives. And Tony says that we often activate the first four and never get to the last two. And I kind of want to leave off the first two. The first two is the fact that we all need to have things that we can count on. And then we have to have novelty in life. We need both of those things. We need some things that we just know we can count on, right? The, the day is going to go this way. So I like my morning to be predictable, But sometimes I like things to be unpredictable. If I go on vacation, to have something different in life, something engaging. That's that's what we look for in life. And so we can set those two aside because the next two are about connection and significance or love and significance. Connection and love is that place of being bound to other people, of of having somebody to rely on and the fact that they can rely upon us. That's that place of connection and love. The fact is that we all are connected. That's one of the basic things that we sometimes forget about our existence here on earth is that we're connected to everything and everyone. And so that connection is deep in our DNA, and it's also true in how we interact with the world. 
It's kind of like us all being tied together in a web and you pull one part of that web and it moves the rest of the web around. And so that's the connection piece. The significance piece, connection is about being apart. Significance is about standing apart, how you're seen differently. So being a part of a group is your connection. How you stand apart from the group is your significance. They can be battling each other, but we can find a place where you can be known for who you are, how you're significant to the world. At the same time, be connected to the world. In fact, when they're battling, it's because we're relying too much on one or the other. Those who want so much to be connected that they're willing to give up themselves, to give up their significance, lose themselves to the group. Those who are so wanting to be significant that they want to always stand out lose their connection to the group. And so part of what we are trying to figure out in life is how to have both a connection to other people and have a sense of significance for ourselves. Then there are the next two, the higher, the spiritual values or spiritual needs that we have of contribution and growth. Tony Robbins says, and I agree, that we in our lives have a need to be contributing that helps round out. For instance, let's say you just are looking for significance without contribution. Sometimes people do some pretty awful things in the world trying to be seen as significant, but it does nothing to contribute to the world. It only takes away. They're only trying to get from the world, not give. Contribution is what rounds that out. When people can work on being significant by contributing to the world, how powerful does that become? People can begin to give back to the world and feel their significance because of the contributions they make to the world. And the parallel to that is that growth piece, that we are all on a process of learning through life, of expanding through life. And so as we work through that, understand those pieces that we're connected, but we also can work on building our significance, our our personal place of being about something, being known by something. And then our contribution is how we give back. It's really where our purpose ends up being our mission. Our purpose reaches out beyond ourselves. And we ask the question, what am I here to do? How am I here to help? And then there's that last, that growth piece, which is about that constant process of self-expansion in so many different ways. Ray Kroc said that you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. That's the only way things happen. We're either continuing in this process of trying to discover new things, of trying to find new places for ourselves, of trying to find how we can move into the world in new ways, or we grow stagnant. We're all in the potential for growth until we finish this life. From the moment we are born until the moment we die, we are in a growth process, expanding ourselves in new ways, trying new things out, learning new things. Now, one of the things that often happens is that somewhere in adulthood, we kind of forget that we can still learn. We start believing that old dogs can't be taught new tricks. And so instead of expanding, we start contracting. And really, that's the thing. Stagnation is contraction. What happens when some vegetable or fruit gets ripe? What happens next? It shrinks, begins to fall apart. And so you're either growing or contracting. Those are the two options that we have. We can think that we've got it all together. Over the last little over a year now, I've been doing jiu-jitsu. And one of the things that I've realized about jiu-jitsu is that you really have to be open to the process of growth. There are a lot of people who are coming in 
uh, to learn, and they've already achieved somewhere else. And so they're expecting to not have to learn, like they're expecting to just step in and be able to do it. And I can feel it in my own self. There are nights when I'm like, man, why can't I do this move? Why can't I get my body to go in this direction? Last week, I did something that basically it's how you get off the ground in jujitsu. And we get up in base, as it's called, which is a stable way of getting up. And I'd actually been doing it wrong now for a year. And I should have had that down. And the instructor uh, kept calling me on it the other night. And I was like, man, I'm so frustrated because I thought I had that. And I realized, you know, nobody's ever corrected me about this. Nobody's ever said, hey, you're doing that wrong. Let me show you how to do it. And yet I was somehow expecting that I should know that better. And throughout my life, one of the things that I'm aware in my professional life is that sometimes we sabotage ourselves because we somehow expect that we should have that down. When I talk to people about their relationships, you know, most people think that they should just innately be able to do a relationship instead of thinking, hey, you know what? Sometimes we have to learn about these things and grow into them. That's just the nature of life. And so we can always be growing. So that learning process is the willingness to expand, the willingness to look into new places of expansion in our own lives, of how to to find a greater sense of being and a greater sense of self in the world. So let's talk about some ways we can amplify the engagement of the self using those pieces. I want to talk about three different pieces that are in many ways interrelated because they hit us at our most core level. The first amplifier is gratitude. Working from a place of gratitude. Now, a lot of times in our culture, we we see it as something that's been kind of cheapened by pop culture. And so we think, oh, okay, I've just got to do that gratitude journal or whatever it is I saw in some magazine. And we forget the fact that there is a plethora of research showing that activating gratitude activates some very different places of ourselves. We as humans are naturally in a place of fear. That's the way your brain and my brain and every other human brain is developed. And in fact, it's the way most animal brains are developed to detect fear, to detect threats and register it as fear. And so we spend our lives spanning our horizons looking for the threats that might come our way. Very useful to have that skill when you're in the jungle or savannas or wherever the ancestors might have come from. Not so helpful when you're scanning the horizon and you're at work or you're with your family uh, or you're trying to have a good time and suddenly these fears start popping in your head. And for many people, the time that that happens seems to be about the time they're trying to put their brain to sleep. It suddenly wants to think about those scary things. And so when we are on automatic, our brain will automatically default to fear as a way of trying to keep you safe. Gratitude works in the opposite direction. Instead of threat, it's looking for the the broadness of what life has. Gratitude moves us away from scarcity. When humans are caught up in feelings of fear and scarcity, we don't respond real well to our environment. We want to grab, grab, grab. You know, if you want to see an interesting uh, experiment in our scarcity mentality, you know, look at what happens when people generally, including myself, go to an all-you-can-eat kind of buffet. We act as if we have never eaten before and we're not going to ever eat again for the next week. And we act as if that's the scarcity of food. And yet here we are at an abundance of food. It's part of that trick of the brain. How much can I get in? 
It's part of the trick of our brain of how much can I accumulate. And that is one of the problems in the Western world of, of accumulation, of grabbing everything and holding on to everything we can. My wife and I are in the process of trying to rid ourselves of some stuff, and, and we're aware of how much we've accumulated. And I'm aware of the fact that part of that is our brain trying to make sure we have enough. But our brain doesn't know when we've had enough because it's built on that scarcity model. But gratitude flips a switch. When we think from a place of gratitude, we think of how abundant we have things, how fortunate we are, what we have versus what we don't have. It's the have versus have not. And we can focus that very easily. Now, understand that this is an amplifier because we can choose to do this. We can allow our minds to drop to scarcity and tell us what we don't have and what we're missing out on, or we can shift our brain to look at what we do have, shift our mind to look at what we already have around us. When I was a child growing up, my father's a pastor of a church, and especially when I was younger, it wasn't particularly an income producer for him. It was a meaning producer. He lived a, a, a life of meaning and purpose, but it didn't always uh, cash out, uh, in, in, especially in my youth, in my young days. And I remember how many times he would talk about, at the end of the month, how fortunate we were to be able to pay the bills. He would say, we were blessed to be able to cover what we had to cover. That was a statement of gratitude. He could have said, I can't believe they don't pay me more than they do. I can't believe how little we have. I can't believe how little we've been able to accumulate. Or he could say, how fortunate we are to have what we have. How fortunate we are to, to be able to cover everything. How blessed we are to be in that spot. That was a choice to be in that place. We can choose to look at things from that place of gratitude. Every morning, my dog and I take about a four and a half to five mile walk. Um, and if it's really nasty weather, <laughs> he gets to stay home and I go take my walk. And during that time, I do a few things. I try to get some stretching in, some exercise in, some deep breathing in. And I also try to frame around some gratitude for a few minutes, just thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. So what I try to do is just... In that moment, think about three, four, or five things for which I'm grateful. That's it. That's my, that's my gratitude exercise. And as I'm thinking about them, I, I try not to just name them. I try to experience them and feel them and imagine that and be grateful for that and really kind of live into that, that moment. It doesn't take long for me to do that. Five to ten minutes of that walk in one day, it's about what I devote to it. And all I'm doing is thinking about what I am so fortunate to be a part of, what I'm so fortunate to have, the areas of my life that I'm so grateful for, the relationships, the opportunities, the potential that's there. And part of what we can do is work that in our lives on a regular basis. You might do it as a written, as a gratitude journal, for instance. You may decide that every morning you're going to get up and think about four, three, three, four, five things that you're grateful for, and then you do that every day. And at night, you might even look back and re-experiencing that. What it does is it begins to rewire your brain. I do this with my clients using a process I call the Thrive Journal. And in the Thrive Journal, I have them do this gratitude exercise and reflect upon it that evening in a very intentional way because it rewires the neuronal pathways in your brain away from the fear and towards gratitude. When we're living from a place of gratitude, then we're not desperate to try to get, get, get. We're thinking, well, look at what I have. What can I give? 
How can I make that shift to contribute? And so part of what we're doing is rewiring away because remember, our brain is naturally going for what we don't have, which doesn't necessarily reflect what's in our life. It's kind of that conversation about the glass being half full or half empty. You might talk about that as optimistic or pessimistic, and I would talk about it as a scarcity or abundance. Wow, look, I still have half a glass versus, wow, half a glass is gone. What am I going to do now? That's a shift to gratitude that we all can choose along the way. The second amplifier is spirituality. Now, let me be very clear. When I'm talking about spirituality, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about an inner sense of something bigger than the self, something bigger than you, that there's more to this than meets the eye. This is more than just about, you know, you being flesh and blood, but that all of us have something else in there, some spark within us, and that the world seems to have that spark too. Some people have managed to uh, have their religion represent their spirituality, but sometimes people have told me that they feel like their religion has choked off their spirituality. I don't think there's a conflict between the two, except for that we allow there to be a conflict. We can always, though, focus on the spirituality. Let's call the religious elements a practice that we want to to do as a reflection of our our meaning, our our sense of meaning. But spirituality is looking at that that deeper place within you. Years ago, I remember early days of of my uh, being a therapist, I had an artist who came in to see me, and she said, you know, I'm an atheist. But my place of spirituality is looking at the beauty of things, to be amazed by the beauty of things and to think about that. And so for me, the spirituality is attending to that deeper place within you, listening to that deeper self, listening to that deeper voice. It's telling you that there's something bigger here. There's something more important here than what catches us day by day. Sometimes we spend our days being disconnected from that spirituality, If what we're doing is watching the news on an ongoing basis, and let's just put news in quotes because uh, what we're doing is watching the headlines, right? Watching what people want us to see and what they want us to do. And what do they want us to do? They want us to watch the TV more so they can show us more ads and we can get distracted by that. And when we're looking at that, notice how fear-based that is, first of all. Second, notice how disconnected it is to the deeper self of people. Sure, they throw in a special interest story every now and then that tells you something cool about someone, but for the most part, that's not what it's focused on. Versus moments of sitting in nature and being awed by that. In fact, that's going to be another amplifier. Versus times when you're by yourself doing meditation or prayer or reflection, whatever you want to call that process of connecting to something deeper within you and and maybe beyond you. That begins to amplify us because when we begin to be attached to the fact that there's something bigger than us, whatever it is you want to claim it to be, when there's something bigger than us, it puts things in a bit of perspective, which brings in that third amplifier of awe, A-W-E, awe. You know, when you look at some scene and you go, oh, that is so amazing. When you look at a sunset or sunrise or midday, You look at the mountains or the ocean, 
You look at some part of nature, or maybe you're looking under a microscope at the amazement of watching something happen, some process happen, or maybe it's even listening to someone tell a beautiful story or sing a beautiful song or do a beautiful painting or do something else that just puts you in a place of amazement, of awe, being in awe of what's happened. For me, that happens in nature. For you, it might happen lots of different places. It might happen when you're uh, doing some artwork or watching some artwork or being a part of some group doing some activity in unison, exercise or something. But for me, it's nature. So I trail run partly because it puts me in nature where I have that sense. I paddleboard sometimes, and there's this one place that happens at least once a year, and usually a couple of times a year when we're on vacation, when I paddle out into the marshes. And I can tell you it's only a sense of awe and spirituality kind of combined where I begin to notice that there are waves around me. And then I begin to be aware of the fact that we are all a part of waves, that the whole universe is a part of a wave. And as I watch these waves ripple across the marsh that have come in from the ocean, I'm also aware that they have come all the way across the ocean. And I begin to think about that and reflect on that and be amazed by that. I begin to look around and see the wildlife that's all around me and again puts me in a state of awe. And as I do that, as I sit there, I lose the sense of self, and I realize that I'm such a small part of something so big. And that's where awe and spirituality meet together. Spirituality teaches us that it's not just about us, that we're in something bigger. Awe is looking at that with amazement, of understanding that from a different place. And when that happens, I come back with a sense that maybe I'm a piece of importance that I can bring to the world. And yet at the same time, I'm so small. There are some religious groups that think about, you know, the fact that their sense of God, and for me, God knows every hair on my head. And yet I'm just one fleck of sand on the beach. And those two pieces held in unison are important to understand that I am deeply loved. In my mind, I'm deeply loved. And at the same time, I am just a small piece of this. And those pieces begin to help me step back into being a place of engagement, of working towards things that matter, the passions, the purpose, the presence of showing up. When we are amplifying our engagement, it's because we're standing in awe of the world, recognizing that it's much bigger than we sometimes think. There's much more to it than we sometimes imagine. And that we are so fortunate to be where we are at this moment, wherever it is. That there is so much around us, it surrounds us and brings us to a higher place to where we can then ask, what do I do to be more engaged in this world? In the last episode, we talked about those three P's of how to do it. Today, we've talked about how to amplify it with gratitude, with spirituality, and with awe. And next time, I want to talk more about how we live that engagement out. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.